episode Stallion to you. My name is Laura Morehouse and today is the Thursday, the 5th of November 2020 and the interview is taking place via Zoom. Um, to get us started, I'd like to know a little bit about your background. If you could um, state your name and the year that you were born and just tell me a little bit about your work background. Okay, well, my name's Anne Joyce and I'm, I was born in 1961 and uh, I started working in the health service as an occupational therapist in 1982. And at that time, I started working at the Royal Edinburgh Hospital in Edinburgh and then moved through to Glasgow, I think by, by 1984, where I worked in a range of different hospitals and day hospitals until um, I think about 1994 when I moved into service management and then I probably stayed in service management for quite a number of years until about 2000 and um, then left service management to go and work in a new team that was being set up to bring psychological therapies to people in primary care. I left that team and I went to work in Caledonian University and I did that until about 2010 and um, more recently I've been working as the head of programme for psychological therapies for adult mental health at NHS Education for Scotland. So that, that's my career in a sentence or two. <laughs> um, I suppose my role as an occupational therapist involved an awful lot of the arts and using the arts as a therapeutic process because I do believe that um, it's a wonderful way of helping people uh, work through their mental health problems. Um, so what else would you like me to say about my career? Is that enough? Um, I suppose, um, how did you first get um, involved with the kind of creative side of occupational therapy and psychological therapy? Well, um, that's a very good question because I think it might have been the other way around. I think maybe as a person, I was attracted to work in occupational therapy because I was quite creative. And I think that all my occupational therapy colleagues uh, that I work with in mental health in particular are very creative people. Um, I'm never at all surprised to go to visit a friend and find that she's attacking some job like recovering her own couch. Um, OTs seem to, <laughs> they seem to really thrive on challenges like that, very creative challenges. So I think I was probably brought up to be a very creative person and um, the course itself, the OT course is, uh, but I did it any, anyway, it was, it was designed with an awful lot of craft involved in it. So it was an absolute joy for me to go to do a further education course that involved weaving, metalwork, woodwork, pottery, sewing, printing, all sorts of arts and crafts. Um, I think the course was actually changed not long after I went through it really to make it more scientific. <laughs> and I think that at times I think we've maybe, I think, I think we have to move with the science. We have to think about the evidence base for the things that we do in health. But I think um, that equally important is creativity and the way that we um, find creative solutions for ourselves. So, what do you see as the main um, benefit of creativity in either OT or um, psychological therapies in particular on um, on those with kind of long term mental health conditions? Well, um, I think there's a number of ways. One of the most obvious ones at the start, when I first started working in health, was um, using art as a projective technique. So from very, psychod very psychodynamic backgrounds and very psychodynamic orientations, 
um, the thought was that if you projected your thoughts and feelings onto a, a form of art, that that might actually help you work through and process some of the thoughts and feelings that you had about something, and that that then would eventually lead to you um, finding some kind of resolution to the problems that you're having. So I think some of these ideas are less in favour in health at the moment um, because we've got some um, other therapies which have actually developed their evidence base very effectively in the time period and creativity is maybe uh, not got such a sure footing. Certainly projective arts have definitely um, are not used as much in therapy. Uh, what I, I do think though about arts and crafts are that um, even just the process of working together on a particular project as a group can be incredibly therapeutic. I mean, I think we all know if we've got a particular hobby or activity that we love and value, that when we do that together and we do it with other people, it can be a tremendously satisfying activity. And so I think that it doesn't really matter what the art form is in a way. Um, we can, um, it can, it can be incredibly therapeutic to engage with that activity and um, get into flow with it really. Uh, if you if you had that activity taken out of your life, if it was removed from your life, you might feel very depressed not having such an activity within your life. So I think that um, I think so. Sometimes, so I think sometimes even just uh, having the arts and um, using the arts to try and offer processes for groups of staff to or groups of patients to um, cooperate with each other, do things together, um, explore things together. These are all very valuable. When you first started out, um, what was the view of mental health um, sort of from the general public? Um, what was the view from the general public for mental health? I think, well, I mean, in the early 80s, I think um, there was, I mean, I think there's still a lot of stigma around, but um, the stigma then was, I think, far worse. There was no CME campaigns. There was no, um, I think the public were generally very scared about mental health problems. I think they tended to associate them with things that were quite... Um, um, you know, behaviours that weren't necessarily anything to do with mental health problems. I think there was a lot of misconception in the general public about what mental health, what ment poor mental health was and what good mental health is. So I think, I, I think that's one of the changes that I really like actually over the past 40 years is I think um, it's much easier for people to see when they've got a mental health problem. And I think I think people are more likely to be open than they ever used to be. Um, but as I said, there's still an awful lot of stigma. Um, and then with, with the arts as well, I think quite a lot of people pick up poor messages about arts. At school, they might get a message that they're not very good at things and then they just drop it and cut it out of their lives. And when I was working with people with mental health problems, most of them would be really enjoying doing art, <laughs> but would be talking about how they didn't think they were any good at it. So it was often quite, um, quite rewarding working as a therapist in, in a situation where people would be discovering it, discovering it for themselves using it to work through different challenges and different, different issues. So for example, um, we used to like using clay to build a collage um, that represented um, fears of the future, maybe with lots of young people that had um, had mental health problems, but had to change their plans. They, the course of their life course that they thought they were going to have 
it's not necessarily one that they were going to be able to continue with. So you would be able to put together a collage that helped them talk about that and um, think about share with how how it affected them and what they what what sort of thoughts they had with others. And then so the actual process of doing that is very therapeutic. It's engaging and catch getting people to talk about things. Um, they're hopefully finding things in common with each other and at the very end we've got this piece of work which people feel represents those sorts of issues that they were discussing and then it's entirely up to the people in the group what they want to do with this piece of piece of art they can cherish it or push it to the side <laughs> in a way the, the process of completing it is, just, is, is almost more important than the actual end product um, do you find that um, art and just creativity more broadly um, are helpful in helping people to express themselves? Yes, yes, I think it does. Yep, I think because I think um, anything, any kind of process that helps a person distance from something can be very helpful. So if you've been so caught up in a problem that you can't really find any way out of it, if you're getting a chance to work it through in some way or talk about it or um, sort of describe it to someone else. It's helping you process it and helping you possibly see it from a different perspective, find different solutions to it. And I think, I think um, some people in particular might find it very difficult to articulate how they feel. And so um, working with various different creative medium gives them a chance to express themselves in ways that they might not be able to do verbally. And um, what, um, what kind of age groups or groups of the community have you worked with the most? I know you were speaking about young people there, but has your work mostly focused on young people or have there been um, wider groups in the community? Um, well, I've actually worked with all ages. So, um, I, I, for quite a lot of my career, I've worked with young adults, adults that um, might be young people with schizophrenia. Um, I've also worked quite a lot with people with depression and anxiety. Um, I've worked with older adults who are very depressed or have dementia. And um, I've used art with all these people. <laughs> uh, I think I also used poetry. I found poetry was a very, very helpful way of, um, especially for older adults, sometimes it's easier to talk about what's happening in a poem and talk about the person in the poem than it is to talk about yourself. And uh, you would maybe, it'd be another way of really giving somebody a, a way of discussing different issues, different problems, without it necessarily being about their own self-disclosure. Sometimes people don't necessarily want to do that. They don't want to talk about very intimate and personal things um, with other folk. They might be quite reticent about doing that, but they would be quite happy to talk about a character in a poem, about what's happening to that person or what, what sort of meanings the poem might be suggesting to them. So I used to use that with older adults. Um, I've mentioned pottery. I've used pottery with older adults young adults, all sorts of people, and it's a wonderful activity to use as a group. Um, we've also used screen printing, batik, um, all sorts of different forms of art with adults. I wonder if you could speak um, a little bit more about um, the kind of ideas around still and creation. Oh, what was that, sorry? What you were speaking about? Um, sorry, um, is that slightly clearer? No, it was, you froze for a wee moment there, so oh. I, didn't, I didn't catch the... <laughs> sorry about that. Um, I was just wondering if you could um, speak a little bit more on skill and creativity or skill in the arts. Um, I know that earlier you spoke a little bit about people perhaps being put off by an idea mm. of having to be good at something rather mm -hmm. than um, the actual action of the 
kind of the creativity and the, the use of materials, maybe like clay and being therapeutic in themselves? Um, well, I, I suppose I, I've got a view that I don't think you really need to be very skilled at art to really get a lot out of it. Um, and I, I, I'm kind of remind, I'm you know just listening to you talking there. I'm reminded of an art exhibition that we put on when I worked at a day hospital in Glasgow, and we invited um, artists with mental health problems from all over Britain to submit various different pieces, which we were um, going to display in our art exhibition. And we had two advisors who were helping us with the um, presentation of the art the artwork. One advisor felt they were from a very, very art background, was very critical and um, quite negative really in their point of view about the pieces that were being submitted. And quite a lot of the things were being put into a pile that wasn't going to get onto the wall. <laughs> and quite a lot of us felt quite upset about this because we knew quite a lot of the people that had made the, made the artworks. Um, so you had, a, you had a, I mean, there was a vast range. Some of the artwork was absolutely tremendous. You know, I would say international art standard, right down to pen and ink drawings that people are doing on the back of a jotter. I would see it all as art myself. Um, this person clearly didn't. And fortunately, our other advisor um, so agreed with us, really, in terms of thinking that art is art to everyone and that everybody's pieces went up on the wall. So she helped us, she helped us do that. And I remember there was one particular line drawing that somebody had done about his experience of getting his depot injection. And I can still see that image in my head now. Um, it, it said so much about, I suppose the humiliation he felt really about having to get a depot on his backside every month. Um, I wouldn't have said his drawing was particularly skilled. I'm sure that that it was. I'm sure it was in the pile with the advisor, the art advisor, that was telling us not to put it up on the wall. Um, but that picture was one of the most powerful pictures from the from the exhibition. I don't think you need to be very skilled to get a really powerful message across about when you're using art. Yeah, I suppose especially um, if it's about communicating very specific and very sort of emotionally charged experience. Um, yeah. it, it doesn't really matter about the kind of medium or the skills. It's all about that kind of storytelling and what people mm. are hoping to, to share. Absolutely. Um, could you maybe, um, do you have any other um, examples of activities? That activities that? Um, I suppose just meaning maybe, um, are there any specific projects that stand out on your um, work history? Oh, well, I had one project that I absolutely loved. Um, and we actually won an art award award for it. We won an, an art award for it. Um, so it was when I was working in the day hospital and uh, a friend actually contacted me and said, would I be interested in participating in a projectability art project or, or, or helping some of my own, some of the people, the, the patients that came to the day hospital, would they be interested in participating in it? So we organised for a group of people to join in with this project. And it was during, it was about the time of the first Iran, Iran Iraq wars. Um, and the this group put together these men of war, these sculptures, which were absolutely brilliant. I mean, they're just huge, great, big, sort of larger than life sculptures in clay um, with wood aeroplanes and all sorts of different implements of war that they made um, to circle round about these men of war. It was one of the most brilliant um, 
pieces. If ever, if I can find a photo, I don't know if I've still got photos of these things, but they were just they were really amazing. And um, the, the 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 guys that I was working with got so much out of doing it because they, everybody could see just how brilliant these things were that they were creating. I felt so proud of them. And then um, I think it was Projectability that actually wanted to submit them for an art award to, I think it was Astra that were running the art awards. And uh, we had to go down to London and um, we took all the guys with us uh, for a trip to London. And then lo and behold, we won the prize with our, with our main of war. I, I had very little really to do with the whole project apart from just maybe making sure it happened. Um, but it was just absolutely wonderful watching these young artists working with the young men who had mental health problems, building these works of art, um, getting a chance to do something that they wouldn't normally have the, the access to doing. So that, that's one project that I really, really enjoyed being part of. Um, trying to think if there's any other projects that stand out. I mean, I think gen just generally using art um, as a therapeutic medium itself. I can, there's lots of projects coming to mind where we worked on particular things like um, uh, at Christmas time, we wanted to try and we were we didn't want to just go with the usual Christmas decorations, and I think uh, sometimes our ideas came from the silliest of places. I think we one day we were out walking about in Glasgow, and we found the inside of a big carpet tube. You know these great big cardboard inner tubes, and we brought this back to the day hospital as we would often do. You know if we found some object that we were very interested in, we would bring it back. And um, we kind of came up with the idea that these tubes would make a really good fireplace. So this, uh, so this, this project grew arms and legs around about Christmas time, and we ended up making a fireplace out of these carpet tubes, which we got up against the wall, and we got um, a sort of fake fire <laughs> out of crepe paper. We had bits of toast on wee toast racks. We had stockings hanging down from the fireplace. We had all the decoration around about the fireplace and the pictures and the photos that you would have above it. We had the Christmas tree beside it. It was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> it was a, a, a lovely project to do around about Christmas time because we were all working on it for a couple of months. Every single group that came into the day hospital did something to add to this big collage that was being formed up on the wall. Um, and as far as Christmas decorations went, it was the homeliest, nicest Christmas that I think they would ever had really in the day hospital. So yeah, good projects. Yeah, they all sound really fantastic and very, they seem like they really bring people together. Yes, um, they did, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. How important do you think um, community and coming together around mental health is for those with um, mental health conditions or other kinds of lived experience? I think I think it's I think it's I, I think it's very important. Um, and I think sometimes our modern day mental health services have moved have moved a wee bit too much into having um, appointments with with a clinician just to check you're okay or maybe go through a course of therapy that you do for a period of time and then you you you, you leave the service there's been a definite sort of move away from having day hospitals that would offer places where people could go on a regular basis and attend for a period of time um, there's been a move away from that and I think I think maybe uh, a thinking that they, that that kind of remit could get passed to the voluntary sector and voluntary organisations to do, which uh, which I, I mean I would agree. I mean it's they're well placed to provide these um, sorts of activities, but I think aren't always resourced to do it on a regular basis. So I would agree. I think big community activities 
involving art. Um, you know, really are really important. I'm thinking about other, I can think of other things that haven't actually happened as a result of my job, but um, that have brought people together just in, as a community. Um, it would be very sad to not have these things around. Do you think that these sorts of activities, if they're sort of visible to the wider community, can also um, improve other people's view of mental health, maybe those who might have some stigma or just a lack of awareness in general? Yes, definitely. Um, and I think one of the things that I really regretted about those, the men of war, because they were tremendous, um, tremendous pieces of art, and I don't ever know what happened to them. I know that at one point they were put on display in the trust headquarters at the time. And then I don't know where they went after that. Um, and you know, the really funny thing was I came across one in the garden of somebody's flats down in Shawlands in Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, well, good. I, I was tempted to knock the door and find out who it was and who, who had it because I thought, I'm glad somebody's got it. You know, they didn't ever go into the place that they should have gone. They, should, they were supposed to go into a park. Um, and we just couldn't get that organised. There was just too many committees, you know, that were in the way of this sort of thing happening. Um, but just just imagine if we had a sculpture like that in a garden that's, that's linked to our hospital. And people can go and sit in a garden and look at these things. Um, the difference that that could make to just the environment that you're in. So uh, I know I've got colleagues that have done that. I know Samantha has managed to do that with, with Garden Evil. Um, I think we've, we've moved away too much uh, from trying to make that our old asylums would have thought that it was important, the environment round about the asylum. I think there was a lot more investment in gardens, good places to sit, places to work. And moving into our modern hospitals, I think we've lost a, a lot of that. You've frozen again, so I don't know if you've... Can you still hear me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think maybe it's my internet connection. Maybe it's not very strong today, but we'll try and persevere as best as we can. <laughs> um, why, why do you think that there's been such a change from maybe a view of... Um, environments and communities to a more kind of clinical um, hospital setting? Mm. I think there's been a several drivers. I think um, I think the first one is what people actually want. If you were to ask somebody, what would you, where would you rather live? Would you rather live in your own home or would you rather live in hospital? I think they would all say, I'd rather live in my own home. So, um, as much as so an awful lot of the ment modern mental health services have actually tried to support people with that to try and provide that um i think that it's also hospitals are quite expensive to run so glasgow at that time had at least four major hospitals that were mental health hospitals so across my working career i've watched them closing these hospitals down um, and I've watched them building new hospitals that fail <laughs> quite badly because I think um, I'm thinking of one particular hospital where it, when we built it, it was built in an area that was open and clear roundabout. But we didn't really know what was going to get put round about it. We didn't know there was going to be a shopping centre and a bingo hall and a car park. <laughs> um so I think, I think we don't always get the control over environments in the way that we would like. Uh, I think probably cash has been, uh, you know, a lot to do with it, trying to reduce the amount of money that is tied up in hospitals to give better quality community services. But it would be really nice if in the community we could still value places for people to, nice places for, place, for people to be, if our parks could be seen like that, if our parks, had more than just trees and grass in them. 
and, and it would be even, I mean, one of the parks that I'm really impressed with is the Bella Houston Park, where they've got art has been brought in and artists have designed a play park. Um, so that, I mean, that would be lovely, but more than that, more like that, places where people could go contemplate art could be part of a community process. Um, when you were speaking about sort of funding and cuts, um, it did make me um, wonder, um, could you maybe speak about who were the main sort of funders of your, um, well, work throughout your career, really? Mm. Um, well, uh, some volunteer organisations are very good at funding art projects, uh, like projectability. And um, there's also sometimes endowment funds within hospitals where we would be able to access endowment funds that have been bequeathed to um, the mental health services. And we would be able to use these for various different projects. Um, I think that's the main sources of funding. I don't think we've ever done any fundraising to do it. We've never, any of our fundraising activities have usually been to try and um, persuade service managers to persuade <laughs> to part with the cash in the, in the system. And when I've put in a really good proposal, it's, it's actually gained support. There wasn't too many places, times when it got knocked back because majority of the service managers that I worked with also valued and also appreciated that the environment needed to be as good a place really as it, as it could be. Yeah. Um, so you have found that there have been... Uh, hmm? Oh, sorry. Um, I was just going to ask you, so you have found that there have been uh, many changes to funding over the years. There haven't been a huge amount of cuts. Oh, uh, no, there's definitely been changes in funding and that there's um, a move more to evidence-based funding trying to make sure that if we're funding things, we're funding therapies that have got a proven research, um, that have got a good efficacy, that have got a good level of efficacy. efficacy. They, 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 they actually do what they say they're doing. You know, they, if, they're, if they're therapeutic, that they do give positive outcomes to people with mental health problems. And um, I think one of the, I mean, I think that's totally okay. I'm quite okay with that. I don't particularly want to be offering somebody a therapy that isn't effective. <laughs> um, but at the same time, uh, sometimes the therapies that have got a good evidence base are the ones that have had good resources behind them. And other therapies that we don't have an evidence base for um, are, are, it's because we don't, there's been no resource, no investment in them. So I think that's one of the biggest paradigm shifts that I've noticed over the years is moving more and more towards an evidence-based world and funding following that. And I think that, that, that that has meant, because there isn't such a great evidence base for the arts, making a difference to someone's health, then that's meant, I think, sometimes that funding isn't, get, some, isn't getting put into the arts in the way it should be, I don't think. The way I think. And how have you um, found um, people to work with over the years? Have they always been um, more like open community services? So I missed the middle part of your sentence where you're saying that how have I found people to work over the years? Um, have I found them to be um, I was asking about how um, have the people you've worked with often been um, referred to your services or has it been more of a kind of open community call? Mm, no, uh, within the day hospitals and the hospitals that I worked in, people would have to be referred. Um, and when they were attending the day hospital, they usually had clear goals that they were they were they were working on, and um, the art would be adapted in some way or changed to help them achieve their goals. We haven't, 
I haven't really been involved very much in art as big community projects. Um, and any services that I've been in where people can make direct access, you know, phone in or drop in or doing sort of very easy to access clinics, they haven't usually been around the arts. Um, they've usually been more around talking therapies. And how have, um, how have people you've worked with responded to the more creative work? Um, if you could maybe speak about people's initial reactions and then maybe how the, how the kind of outcomes worked or maybe how they, how they thought about the project at the end. Um, so how did people react to this, um, to the participating in the art? Yes, um, I suppose I was, I was wanting to know about people's um, kind of initial reactions to an art-based or creative-based uh, kind of plan for their recovery. Mm. Um, quite a lot of people um, would be re re reluctant <laughs> uh, if you were to be um, I suppose you know any group of people if you had a group of 10 people a third of them would probably be eager embracers of an idea and would be happy to try it out a third would probably feel quite reluctant and a group in the middle would be quite neutral um, but I think um, once somebody had been coming along to the day hospital that I worked in for quite a period of time they would know um, that we would do this we, we would we would use art a lot so um, they wouldn't be at all surprised to find themselves scooped up into the fireplace project for example or um, if we were if it was summertime and we were suggesting do you want to design your own t-shirts they would be quite happy to um, give it a go once you discussed it with them and went through what was involved and were clear about the sort of supports that they were going to get. So they would then be quite excited and quite interested. Um, but I don't think people, I think people at the start might not have been, they might have been a bit apprehensive. Maybe I think maybe that's maybe a better word because it's usually all based on ideas that are not quite correct if people don't think they're very good at something they might not they might be less likely to try it out and but if they don't try it out they don't find out how much they're going to really how, how much they enjoy it so i think quite a lot of the job is sometimes in persuading people that it's the fun taking part in it that's important so yeah And have you found that many people have continued with creativity or with particular um, types of artistic expression after you kind of introduced them initially to something? Um, well, that's one of the sad things I don't know, really, um, because quite often if you're working with someone in a sort of therapeutic situation, they'll, you'll be working with them quite intensely for a period of time and then they move on. Um, you never know if they move on and use some of these new skills that they've found. Um, I don't really know where they all end up. Uh, so yes, not very sure about that one. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame that there's not more of a, a way for you to see kind of what people have gone on to do after your um, initial interactions with them. Mm -hmm. It's always lovely when you bump into somebody um, afterwards, after um, you've uh, maybe done a piece of work with them and then you meet them a year later and you find out that they have managed to get themselves a new job or new friends, made a big change in their life. And it's, uh, it's always very nice seeing that they've been able to do that. And how has your... Um work in mental health and specifically um, creativity and mental health and um, how has that affected you i know you, 
who said that it's it's difficult um, when you don't really get to see how people's journeys go. But mm. I wondered if you could speak a little bit more about um, the effects of your work on your on your own life. Mm. Um, uh, I think working with um, people with mental health problems can give you a very different perspective on life and um, what people are going through and uh, I think sometimes if you go through life and I think if your lives don't necessarily touch the lives of other people you can maybe not necessarily have a, a broad broad understanding about the experiences that people have um, so I, I, th I think that working within mental health you definitely get a very good idea of what sorts of experiences other people are having not and, and sometimes really quite appalling experiences quite abusive um, I've often thought that we've got the wrong people coming into the services people that maybe should be coming into the services are the people that are perpetrating some of the mental health problems that the folk are experiencing. Um, but I think uh, it's quite humbling actually watching people grow and develop and um, make changes and move on. I think I, I, there is nothing more rewarding than hearing somebody being kind to themselves, somebody saying something positive about themselves, when that was something that they would just be incapable of doing, you know, at the start of a process together. So yes, it's uh, humbling and rewarding, I think. You found that um, creativity and the arts in particular maybe give people that ability to be kind to themselves or to have a sense of uh, what would the word be perhaps sort of purpose or a kind of confidence in their own skill set i think it can really help develop a confidence in yourself and your skill set i think it might also help you develop a better sense of who you are um I don't know if it necessarily helps you be more compassionate with yourself because I think sometimes that takes a bit more of a challenge. I think because people quite often will be very, very compassionate for other people, but they're not compassionate for themselves. And it sometimes needs a bit more of a challenge to say, let's see, have you got the right end of the stick there? Are you looking at that in the right way? Um, but I think that if you're in flow and working with the arts and doing a particular project that you really enjoy and you're getting a lot from, you're going to get an awful lot of self-esteem, a lot of self-worth. I think these things are all incredibly powerful things for a person, especially if their life experiences are not, are not good, they're not positive. It can be a very wonderful way for people to grow. Um, why do you think it's um, important that, um, or do you think it's important that the arts are valued more widely in the community? Mm. Uh, I suppose it's a wee bit egocentric of me because I like it, so I think everybody else would like <laughs> it. Um, but I mean, I, I, I used to, when I was, my children were a lot younger, I used to uh, do the guides and I would watch young people absolutely delighted to get paints out and make a mess. And um, so I think this, and I think, I think maybe the way that our education has gone, we might be losing some of these skills. Um, people might not be getting the same opportunities that they used to get to find out and experience the arts. I think maybe gaming and all these sorts of things are replacing it in a way. Um, so I think, I, I mean, I don't know if anybody's been watching, have you been watching the repair shop on television? Yes. Uh, 
because there's some absolutely wonderful examples in there of arts and crafts um, and the skills that people have in that workshop. And I suspect that at one time there would be a lot more people in the population that had these things. And it's now really quite an expert group that have got these skills now. How do you think that that could be improved? I think um, we should be going back to doing a bit more in the schools. <laughs> uh, I think um, I think people. I don't know why. I don't know why in education we're not getting the same opportunities. I look back at the things I got to learn at school and I don't I didn't see my daughters getting the same chances. Um but they, they would go to sort of home economics or what is it? Food and textile or something or other, food and technology or whatever. And they would come home um with sticking felt onto a bit of fabric and that would be something that I would have maybe done when I was in primary three, <laughs> primary four <laughs> and by first year you were expected to be making a skirt and uh, so I'm, and I'm pretty sure that it's all down to finances and um, how much you can actually fit into the half hour scheduling of a class or whatever. Um, but it's almost as if some some of the tasks that kids are getting introduced to at school are um, maybe moving with the modern world and keeping abreast, trying you know computing and all sorts of things being put into the curriculum, and then some of these other things being squashed out. I mean, when I when I worked at uh, Caledonian University, we actually brought creativity back into. The program because they had become it had become so scientific that they were actually studying psychology and sociology and physiology more than they were actually studying creativity and craft and we didn't really want to bring because we were, as OTs were always sort of teased for being the basket weavers and wanting to use craft in that way uh, we didn't really want to go the far, <laughs> as far as bringing back the weaving looms and the basketry, but we definitely did want to look at uh, ways in which we are creative in our modern lives. So um, something like life storybooking, for example, going through and developing a life storybook with a, an older adult, helping them reflect on their life. Um, that, I mean, that's a wonderful way of trying to things alive so we, we tried to bring back um, some of these ideas and put them back into the program that we were teaching at the time for just that reason <laughs> do you think that the loss of um interaction with those kind of core creative skills at such a young age at school for young people and um, do you think that that leads to well, how do you think that that affects uh, mental health outcomes for young people? Do you think it has any effect? Mm. I'm not very sure about that because I don't work with young people. And um, I know that when I worked with adults doing art, there was a definite um, sense of, I'm not good enough, so I shouldn't bother. And I can't imagine that getting any better with the way things have gone. Um, I can only imagine that's got worse, but I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. It's not. It's not an area that I work in. So, um, I mean, I suppose a young person would probably sit and say to me, I mean, that um, there's all sorts of creativity in gaming and computing, and um, you can be just as creative and, ad and adaptive with with new ways of doing things. I mean, I know myself that I have used animation sequences as part of education. Um, and that, that's a very nice use of art. It's, it's digital art. And it's being used to promote very complex messages to people. So, um, 
So I suppose if there's maybe, I mean, is there a way that we could actually try and keep some of the traditional arts that we all know are used to have and, and also add to um, our, you know, add to art with the new forms of art, like digital art? You know, so, and I wonder if there, it would be lovely if there could be more crossover so that somebody who's interested in digital art, they actually get a chance to try out something a lot messier. <laughs> something involving paint, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it would be lovely to see a more of a kind of crossover between um, the more traditional and kind of modern mm. ways of, of being creative. Um, on that kind of subject, how would you like to see the relationship between mental health and the arts develop over the next sort of five to ten years? Mm. Um, well, I would hope it would carry on. And um, I would like to see art being considered when we're building hospitals instead of these awful shapeless monstro monstrous sort of buildings just beautiful, if we had hospitals and, and health services that were designed with art in mind, I think that would be, we'd have much better environments to live in. Um, I'd love to see arts being given a good valued place in terms of therapy and um, in community. And I would hope that endowment funds continue to be used to give uh, young people the experiences that I was uh, able to enjoy participating in. Um, working as a group, putting together a main of war that you're going to submit to an art exhibition. I'd love to see things, things like that continuing and carrying on. I think uh, none of us, none of us thought when we were participating in that pro project where it was going to end up and it was absolutely wonderful for all of us and our self-esteem to to get there and see that it was valued in such a way. So I would really hope that that, that opportunities like that continue and get valued, get funded. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I suppose um, funding is the real thing that can make things happen in a way, isn't it? Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, and almost, uh, because I mean, I work in a world where uh, evidence base is very, very important. Um, but we, we don't really need too much of an evidence base to understand that looking and living in a nice environment is going to make a big difference to how we feel. So um, it would be good if the arts were a part of that and a, a, a huge part of it, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic then. Well, it's been really lovely to talk to you and thanks so much for, for sharing all your experiences and stories of uh, projects that you've worked on in the past. It's been really nice to hear about. Well, thank you. It's uh, very nice to be able to go down a few trips down memory lane and think about it all. <laughs> yeah.